Hello, listeners, and welcome to Shattering Superstructure, a podcast that breaks through the majority opinion and mainstream culture. I'm your host, Alex Arabian, a journalist who explores the value of art for the sake of art. In these interviews, in which I'll have occasional co-hosts, there will be no scoops, no juicy bits, and no hidden agendas, just a safe space in which one can think as one wishes and say what one thinks. And on that note, let's get to the episode. Thank you for listening. Hey listeners, back with another episode. This time we have Jack Kilmer, and he is promoting his latest film, Detective Night Independence, which is the third film in the trilogy uh, starring Bruce Willis. And in this film, Jack plays Desi, a paramedic turned vigilante. And it's a pretty gritty action film. Um, And it really explores the balance between more or less a superhero character and uh, the fine line between criminals, the law, and vigilantism, which is super exciting. Uh, Jack also discusses uh, his filmography from Palo Alto to the Stanford Prison Experiment uh, to the Nice Guys to starring in music videos and acting in shorts. And he also talks about Willow, which I think is a really special role for him because he's filling his father Val's shoes and playing Mad Mardigan. He voices the character in two episodes. And it's a, it's a really beautiful tribute as well as a, a great voice role. And he also briefly discussed his upcoming film, The Thrill is On, one of two B.B. King films being made right now. And he heavily implied that he will be playing his own drums, which is pretty special. So we can expect some great music in that film um, and some authenticity, which is always appreciated and which I always love. It was great speaking with Jack. And without further ado, here's the episode. Thanks, listeners. Hey, Jack. How are you? Hey, Alex. How you doing, man? You know, the one thing about the Detective Night trilogy is I I noticed it had a really unique distribution strategy. And they all sort of uh, came out within a a year of each other. Were they, do you know if they were uh, shot concurrently? So, yeah, the the distribution strategy was um, remarkable to me. Um, I know... Lionsgate is involved and it's sort of a subsidiary of Lionsgate, um, a branch of Lionsgate. Um, and they, um, Ed, the director, Edward Drake is, uh, he's done a bunch of the, this trilogy or the series. He's done like two or three or four of these movies. And, um, and yeah, I, I couldn't quite track like the the shooting schedule that they were on but i know they had been shooting quite quite a lot over the years and um and the way you know we shot this movie in eight days which pe- like 
which is wow. the fastest we've I've ever shot a feature film and um I really can't stress it enough like how remarkable Edward Ed, Ed is um at editing and shooting um the these movies because it, we it seriously they gave him 8 days to do shoot this entire thing and maybe you know maybe 3 or 4 days on the back end for reshoots and stuff like but um wow but yeah just amazing yeah yeah that is a super fast shoot i mean i thought uh you know going looking back at your films i thought stanford prison experiment was fast and that was like what three weeks over yeah something like that that seems it seemed like a longer time because i was a lot younger but right um, yeah so so what drew you to to the script initially for for this one yeah let's i mean first of all bruce willis yeah. um second of all i you know i was on my way home i was in new york shooting um yeah like law and order i was shooting law and, order. No. and i was on my way home and um and I got a call, like, do you want to do this movie? And, um, and I read the script on the plane and I rerouted my plane to, to New Mexico to shoot this, this movie. And, uh, and yeah. And then I talked to everyone on set and they were like, this character is kind of like the Joker. And that really inspired me. And then, <laughs> And um, and then, yeah, working with Ed, he kind of gave me a lot of liberties as to what to do with the character. So I just started having fun and, um, you know, and then having Bruce Willis on set, you know, everyone's energy gets pumped up. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's I, just, okay. yeah. Um... Yeah, you know, and speaking of, of Bruce, I mean, you know, you've worked with some phenomenal actors, and Bruce Willis is right up there. Uh, it's just, I mean, he's, you know, one of the all-timers. Uh, All-time, yeah. You know, and he recently retired from, from acting, and, uh, you know, did, did you learn anything new as an actor and as a person from him, whether it was directly, you know, uh, from advice or just indirectly from just you know watching him and being around him right and I think what I learned from Bruce is um is that it's all in it's all in you you know he walks on set and he without with doing very little yeah with him him with doing very little he is the guy and he has a lot of power with very expressing very little and that was that's big that's massive for any actor and um you know he's just at the level of acting where you you know he doesn't have he I don't know where it comes from but he could say what any line that he says is going to hit and it's going to land and it's going to push through the camera and into the audience and and um 
yeah, there's a it's a reason why he's a legend because he has he just has this kind of like awesome power to him and um yeah. Yeah, he's got that naturalism is what I'm looking for as as a as an actor just that just sort of right. comes out, you know. Right. And I say he's doing very little, but that's not true. He's doing a lot, but it just doesn't I think it manifests itself where it should, you know, which is in him. And it's not like he's not doing a bunch of bravado to he doesn't need to do that because he's so cool, you know. <laughs> he's <Right>. like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And you know, to your point of like a Joker-esque character, I mean, you you, you know, you play a, a paramedic turn, you know, vigilante. And I think it really explores the fine line between uh, like law, criminal and vigilante that so many superhero uh, films in the superhero genre, which this isn't a superhero movie, but in other genres fail to do. And, you know, is that something that you discussed with with Ed, with Edward Drake? Um, you know, I know Joker was a film that really did that well. But, you know, there, there's a lot of films that just don't quite balance that that line. Um, yeah, well, I think Ed, Edward Ed was really excited to shoot this because and and so was I, because it, it, it's on it stands out in this series of films because it's quite a real character, unfortunately, in this day and age. Like that guy, you know, is in the news all the time. Right. These days. And um, and so when we were talking about this movie, we were like, yeah, it, it, we started at superhero. Yeah. And then we were we took that and we were like, wait, we could actually do something that's quite gritty and real with this character because unfortunately it's a really crazy time in our country and it's like you know there are a lot of these kind of um out outbursts and events that um that we just that are just the norm now that we just live with and so it's like but we saw an opportunity to kind of make something kind of re like real and like um you know taxi driver or something like that we are like bad lieutenant we were like let's you know let's do like a let's make a cool, a good movie. Let's not, you know, just because it's an action movie and it's, we have a literal superhero as Bruce Willis doesn't mean it can't be like a, an awesome gritty movie, you know? <laughs> right. Hell yeah. Love that. Um, and I, you know, looking back, I first saw you in Palo Alto. I think they were first showing it in San Francisco and I went, I was at a screening with uh, Gia Coppola and uh, Emma Roberts uh, in an interview where she was saying that you originally, you know, wanted to pursue a career in music. And, and that's kind of how she casted you in that in that film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That That's that's fascinating. Um, you know, it's interesting because Nat Wolf also you know, who's in that movie has a background in music and Gia seems to want to work with people who kind of bridge those mediums like Maya Hawk and mainstream. And mm -hmm. so what was, uh, what was the, the sort of casting process like, you know, was she like originally a fan of, or had she heard your music 
or did she just say, Hey, let's, let's get you on board this, this film. You know, I want to cast musicians. Right. I mean, well, I had known her growing up in LA and, um, our parents are super close and, um, um, I think, yeah, to, to speak to what you were saying about being a musician and I think everyone, everyone in LA is just trying, is like trying to do something cool or has some interesting project going on. And for us at the time, it was, it was just important to be around people that we really vibe with on a creative level and like have a lot of integrity for some reason, <laughs> because yeah. it was, you know, whether it was something we wanted to prove to people or whatever, but we, um, but yeah, I remember like back then it was just more, it was so important to us that we, we had our like real friends around and, you know, we were making stuff that we really like got down with and could, could like put out to the world. And, and yeah, and I think at the time we were probably hanging out with musicians and weird hipster people. And that's why that movie looks like that. Um, and then, you know, later she went into do mainstream and like that, that looks, um, that kind of looks like her life around that period, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, with some liberties here and there, but. <laughs> sure. Sure. And I think it was, you know, what was the experience like being on, like acting with your father for the first time, as opposed to seeing, you know, another side of him for most of your life? I'll tell you the story with that. So he, um, I didn't know that he was going to be in that movie. And then um, he, it was like a surprise for me. And I, I, I wasn't in that scene that he did. Right. Um, but basically he was coming he was coming into town and I think he was living in New Mexico at the time. And he, he, uh, he used to do this, like where he would just drop, he would like, I would be in school and he would just kind of pop in my classroom or something and like <laughs> take me out of class or like, and so he, he kind of did that with this movie where we were on set and then all of a sudden he was there and he was like playing this crazy character and they were like, yeah, let's shoot. They let's shoot it. And I was like, oh, my God, I was so embarrassed. But um, but I think it's a really funny scene in the movie. I'm really glad it's, it happened now. But it's a, oh, man, that's it's definitely a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I think, you know, I've, I always look for like connections. You know, the Stanford prison experiment also has a connection to Palo Alto, the Palo Alto Police Department assisted in the arrests of the quote unquote prisoners in the actual Stanford prison experiment. And no way. So yeah, that's crazy. that's awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um that's hilarious. Like, yeah, I mean I, I grew up right around there and Sam Mateo too. So it's like, yeah, it's okay. another degree. So I'm familiar with the area of Palo Alto and um but it's like, you know, I, I read that it was shot over three weeks, which is not much longer than the, you know, how long the uh, experiment actually lasted. But you said it seemed a lot longer. 
I mean, is that because of the intensity, a combination of you being younger and the intensity of the the subject matter in the scenes? Because, you know, it definitely... Yeah, well, that. this was like my the second movie I'd ever done. And it was... We shot in the stage in Burbank. And it was like, at the time, it was like all-star cast of all of like the young the cool like the hottest like young actors that were like male actors that were around mm -hmm. and we were all in this um prison they made a prison for us and they'd given us burlap sacks to wear and um everyone i mean it was such good vibe it was so fun it was like you know like the most fun you could have with your guy friends of all time but it was also like it was crazy like after like you know we'd be in there for eight hours with this artificial light and and um you know i've i have seen some stuff that you know i've seen ty sheridan and lights that most people will never will never see him and, <laughs> and you know the the pranks on set were all time so there you go yeah <laughs> i i bet and yeah that's awesome you know and and got some some great older actors in that too billy billy crudup right and dude yes billy billy <laughs> so good dude yeah. Oh, yeah he was great yeah he played my he played my cousin actually steve prefontaine and without limits he it's crazy that he looks just like i only see him as as prefontaine yeah <laughs> uh, hard to not see him like that but he's such a he's such a good actor it seems like he yeah <laughs> he's so good and I'm so glad that he's getting he's getting like all the recognition now because you know he's he was the guy like back then when we shot that movie he was kind of the guy that was like the actor's actor who had been he's like in everything but you know now he's just become like he's just unstoppable and he's like mega star now and um Hell yeah! But you know, he, we we all like respected him a lot when he was around. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Actors, actor. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Um, and you know, you were great in the Nice Guys. I love that. Um, and Shane Black, he directed your father as well in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I mean, there's so yeah. many. Were you able to get any stories out of out of Shane from that set? Because that was a great. Uh, they're both great films but uh, I, I would imagine there were some all some hijinks as well on kiss kiss bang bang some pranks totally i mean my dad my dad will tell you will tell anyone that kiss kiss bang bang was the most fun that he's ever had on set and um you know i think most of that a lot of that movie took place outside of the camera because it was like they were just would just crack each other up and um he I remember like I would I remember like being on set for that uh movie and it was just like a good time for my dad it was like he would really look forward to go to work every day and and uh was really excited about down Robert Downey and um but but yeah Shane I mean I would try to get in I would like he would like say stuff like he'd be like oh yeah we like you know we used to fly helicopters through downtown LA or whatever and I'd be like, what? Like, or like, you know, he's, yeah. he, but he would say stuff like that. But then he also, 
like he is also just he's like from another era of Hollywood that's like really like extravagant and you know like you go to his house and it really is like you're like I'm at Shane Black's house like this is insane like he's got a teepee in his living room or he not sorry <laughs> shouldn't say that but he has like yeah he he is like a big Hollywood director that's what he's like That's awesome. um and but he's a really he's a really sweet nice guy you know and um he's like he took a lot of time with me with that role even though he didn't have to and now I get older I'm like oh there's no time for any of that stuff but he you know he would like ease me and he just would he's just really cool he just I'd show up and he would just be like it was like another day he would just be like yeah let's let's walk around and well, yeah let's shoot it and it's like he's just very cool yeah kind of director that that also just puts you at ease right away right totally totally and he you know he had like there was like three different units shooting at the same time and he would he would act it was he was so chill he would never know right yeah, yeah he's he's been he's been there before so it's mm -hmm. like just another day um yeah. and you act in music videos too you act in shorts still which I love, which tells me you like to do this for the sake of art itself, um, you know, for the passion of the the vision of the project, you know, separate from budget or or whatever, which, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily uh, do in this industry. Um, so yeah, and and I and I love that. Can you speak a little to to that to that point? Um, Yeah, I think like I there was a couple of years where I really tried I I really tried to be one of those guys who just you know is just a career guy who is in the biggest stuff and is you know really picky about budgets and shoots that they do but but I just was so unhappy doing that and unsuccessful doing that. that I realized I was like, there's no difference between the stuff that I create like with my friends or just alone at home. And then the Shane Black shoots, like for me, it's really like, it's like, we're trying to figure this thing out. And I am I'm so grateful if there's any budget and if there's any kind of like backing um, for any of this stuff but for me it's really important to always remember that this stuff like doesn't make itself and you have to like it, it kind of it's nothing without the the work that you do in your head or in on paper and um and yeah and it's and it's kind of liberating to me to like think to remember that like even on the biggest shoots most legendary shoots it's like it's it's just like you're 18 and like trying to do a film with your friends or something it's like it's the same thing it doesn't change because you're with ryan gosling or whatever it's like yeah it's just like on the even the top highest level it's just a bunch of people being like we want to do something and let's make it happen and let's let's do the best we can you know and, and see what happens <laughs> like um 
And that's how I try to kind of try to think about it. Um, you know, I mean, I just try to really be grateful for any kind of like anything, like any help I can get with this stuff. <laughs> and like, right. um, but yeah, I mean, it's just the way I, I tend to attract other, I attract cool projects when I'm super open and creative and, and happy, you know, and, and, um, and apart from like family connections and stuff, like that's how all the projects, I do all these projects is that I, I, I meet people and we get, we get excited about doing something. And, and so I kind of just try to keep it there because yeah, otherwise it's just like, I don't really know why I'm doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And do you still, you know, make music? Um, forgive me if I'm not familiar with that. I, I basically listened to this. I've listened to the same 10 artists since I was like for the last like 10 years. So I'm not really in the loop. Nice. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't put anything out in like 10 years or something, but I, okay. I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always doing projects with friends and yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty indie. It's pretty like underground for me at this point, but I, I, um, I think you could expect a release in the next year or two. Um, cause I've been working like getting in the studio a little bit and, um, and yeah, like on my time off, I'm, I'm pretty much just doing that now, which it feels really, it's so good to get back. Like after the pandemic and everything, it's like everything's getting, there's a little bit of a scene again and get able to connect with other people. And I mean, I'll, I'll always do it. So, you know, yeah, um, best. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I can, I can imagine that, that it's, it's nice to get well, back to that. What are the 10 artists that you are with? <laughs> I mean, uh, man, it'd be tough to name them right now, but like, you know, The Roots. Um, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Elliot Smith. Yes. The, the Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. um, and just a few a few others. Easy. But, yeah, those, those are major. Know, yeah, Along those lines and genres. Uh, but yeah, it's it's um it's fascinating because actually you know your father gave me my first interview i think ever i wrote a review oh, what? i like yeah yeah the, my, i wrote a review on my little blog of, of cinema twain and he liked it and and i think his his publicist asked if he could share it on his facebook and then one thing led to another and he he gave me an interview uh for the you know for for cinema twain and it was uh it was pretty it's pretty awesome because that you know opened up a lot of doors for me as a as a journalist so nice okay yeah. it's nice to go like uh full circle here and and speaking of you know i i i saw willow i watched the whole series and you get to play uh mad martigan which right. is amazing <laughs> uh how how does how did that feel i you know I, I i talked to i spoke with john john kasdan about it yeah he said you know he did consider you for um 
the role of Mad Mardigan's son, but he had something far more special uh, planned for you. So um, yeah, yeah. What was well, it like yeah. in those shoes? So John Kasdan is the best, and he's uh, kind of. I, yeah, got me to do it somehow. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we had been talking about me getting, like, finding a way that I could get involved with Willow, the TV show. And he is very, like, it's very important to him. Or he's, you know, he's such a sweet guy. He's such a cool guy that it's, like, it's very, he thinks about everything. And he, like, the way his mind works, he's really, like, you know, you could sit down with him and talk about Mad Mardigan for hours. Like he gen he genuinely will have so many ideas about who the guy is and what he's he's about. And so even before, like he when he was in like the writing process, he was talking to my dad and me and my mom and like about Willow and just just he was just fascinated and and like and um but he had my mom and my dad both had a great experience working with him. And then, you know, he was we were emailing for a while about it. And I would just like he'd send me some stuff. And I was just so excited. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's great for my dad. But my mom just to see my mom in in like be like a princess and kick ass like that was so amazing. And then and then, yeah, he kind of just put it to me. He's like. He's like, we just need help with this. We need to get these lines, like this ADR for your dad. And yeah, um, yeah. and I'd done all I'd done that already on this documentary that we did with him. And um and they were just like what he was kind of like, I just don't know what to do with with the audio. And uh, he's like, why don't you come give give a crack at it? And I and I did. And then um yeah, and then we just hung out and talked about Willow and yeah, I get to go down to like whatever that Warner Brothers or something like, and see those guys like edit uh, in the editing room. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was it was cool. I kind of just did it as like a favor to my dad because he couldn't he couldn't be there. So, so. you know, I want to thank you for your time. And I guess real quick going forward, um, you know, you're going to be starring in. Um, uh, the thrill is on, right? Uh, uh, the BB King film. Are you going to be playing your own drums? Are you expected to? Well, you'll have to, you'll have to, you'll have to wait and see. But we do have some, you know, we uh, we like to keep it keep it real with the with the musicians, as you know. Right. So it's nothing. Expect nothing less than a real, real good playing. So okay authenticity yeah. i like it thanks so much for your time jack i really appreciate it thanks alex appreciate it man yeah take care and that's a wrap on jack kilmer with shattering superstructure i hope you enjoyed it and please go see detective night independence available on all major streaming platforms and don't forget to revisit Jack's awesome filmography. And uh, looking forward, uh, keep an eye out for updates on The Thrill is On. Um, so thanks again for listening and shall see you next time on Shattering Superstructure. This is Alex signing off. Yeah.